Before I read the scripture and pray, I want to invite you to take out of your bulletin this little half sheet of paper. Um, You'll see it. It's got every chapter in the Gospel of John gives us a picture, knowledge of who Jesus is and his work for us. And I I ask you, I want to just encourage you. My job is not to make you do anything, but certainly to lead you to and to encourage you to do certain things. And I want to ask you to, and I'm going to repeat this again and give in more detail. I want to encourage you in the next 21 days to read the Gospel of John. And let me tell you why. We can know who Jesus is. And this week it dawned on me that the Gospel of John is so powerful because every chapter... John gives us a picture and some knowledge of who Jesus is and his work for us. And folks, there's far more than I've detailed on this. This is just a general detail. But I want to ask you, get your Bible, get a contemporary version if you have trouble reading the King James. I'm not knocking the King James. But get a copy of the Scripture that you can read easily. And get your highlighter, get you a red pen or whatever you would like, and just... Find out who Jesus is. And now we, we know who he is. We know he is the son of God. He's the savior of the world. Prayerfully, I hope every one of us have asked him, invited him to come in our heart and be our savior. But there's so much that the Lord wants us to know about him. That's the sermon within itself. And folks, I'll, I tell you, I'm pumped this morning because I've realized some things God wants us to know so much about himself. I'm going to repeat myself again in just a few minutes. God does not want us to wait until we get to heaven to really know him. He wants us to know him in this life on a day-to-day basis. He wants us to know him as God, as Savior, as friend, as partner, as the one who walks with us. He wants us to know that he is real. The setting in John 14, those first four verses, Jesus has told his disciples, don't be discouraged because he's going to leave them, but he's going where? He's going to heaven. He's going back to the Father. His purpose in going back is to prepare a place for them that where he is, there they may be also. Let's pick it up in verse 5. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going How can we know the way? And just think about that question for just a second. Lord, how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. If you had known me, and please notice how many times Jesus says know or known. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. Henceforth, you know him and have seen him. In essence, Jesus is saying, when you see me, you see God the Father, because we are one. He's already said that earlier in the Gospel of John, chapter 10. Then listen to verse 8. Philip. I've never made the distinction that not only does Thomas ask a question here, but Philip does. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and we shall be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have you been, have I been with you so long, and yet you do not know me, Philip? That is another good question, isn't it? 
How long have you and I professed faith in Christ? How long have we been members of this church? How long have we heard sermons or efforts at sermons, but yet how little do we know about our Savior? And that's what I want us to do, folks. I want us to dive into the Gospel of John and learn more than we've ever learned before about who Jesus is. Jesus then says, He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Verses 9, 10, and 11 speak of Jesus' deity. He is God. He is the Son of God. And He and the Father are one. That is such a hard thing for people to accept in our day. So many people want to make Jesus just a good man, a good prophet. They want to equate Him on the same uh, standard as Buddha or Muhammad. Uh, and they say He's no different. He was just another prophet. Folks, John tells us who Jesus was. And again, there's so much in this this morning. Chapter 1 tells us what? In the beginning was, was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. Who is the Word? It's Jesus. Jesus is not another man. He became a man, but He is God Almighty Himself. He is the Son of the Father. Back to verse 11. Believe me that I am in the Father, the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. And listen to this. This is a statement of truth. Jesus' works demonstrate and prove who he is. And folks, it is amazing the number of miracles that we see not only in the Gospels together, but even within the book of John. And again, I ask you, I, this just uh, as you read the Bible, as you read the Gospel of John, ask God's Spirit to reveal all these things to you. And listen to this promise in verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me will also do the works that I do. What a promise. He who believes in me will do the works that I do. And listen to the last part of verse 12. And greater works than these will he do because I go to the Father. Now, again, think about this for just a second. His leaving them, going to the Father, is going to cause what to happen? He's going to send the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be able to do, His disciples, every generation of believers is going to be able to do greater works because Jesus went to the Father and the Spirit of God came upon His church. And listen to what He says in verse 13. Whatever you ask in My name, I will do it that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in My name, I will do it. Now let us pray. Father, for the words of your Son, we are so grateful. For the words of Scripture, we're so thankful. And God, I pray that you might pour your Spirit out, not only upon these moments that we study these words of Jesus, but Father, I pray you would pour your Spirit out upon our individual lives. God, I know that there are some very godly and faithful people in your kingdom's work here in this church membership. But Father, may we never stop growing and our knowledge of you and your Son. God, help us that Jesus is not a stranger to us, that perhaps years ago we asked him to be our Savior, but yet, for whatever reason or reasons, we have turned and walked away. And 
We look forward to being with him in heaven, but yet, Lord, we'll have to be introduced to you once again because we've drifted far from you. Father, I pray that we will make a commitment to read the Gospel of John, knowing that as we allow you time to speak to our hearts and minds, you'll do just that. Father, again, I pray that people will know the desire of my heart. It is not to to chastise them or to, to beat up on them spiritually, but to be their leader in guiding them into a closer walk with you. And Father, I pray for myself that I would be found faithful to you, that I would study your word, that I would walk hand in hand with you, and that I would not make our relationship a weak one or a distant one. But Lord, that I too would seek you daily, and I would serve you, and I would serve your people. Father, please bless us in these moments, for we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Every week, I promise you, it is a struggle for me to prepare sermons. Because I question God. God is, are you sure this is what you want me to speak about? Maybe some people will think, well, he's just up there trying to blow off some spiritual stuff, or he's up there just trying to make his paycheck, or he's up there trying to satisfy a certain group within the, within the church. And I want to tell you some of my heartfelt desires as I prepare messages. First of all, and again, I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about myself as your pastor and as your servant. I desire that everybody who comes and attends and is a member of this church know that Jesus is the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the soon returning King of kings and Lord of lords. And I desire... And I really mean this from a heart that everyone that comes to this place be born again and be saved. That every one of us meet Jesus personally, not as a religious figure, but as the Son of God who gave himself on the cross that we might enter into the kingdom of God through the birth that he gives us, the new birth, the being born again. And my desire is that every one of us have a personal relationship with Christ that is in the process of growing and getting deeper. And secondly, I desire that all of us know that when we commit ourselves to God's plan for our life, something wonderful begins to happen. When you and I commit ourselves to God's plan and will for our life, first of all, our life will become the greatest and most fulfilling and most freeing and rewarding life possible. I want to just stop for just a second. I want to read John 10.10. And folks, a lot of this is not in my notes. And and I'll be honest with you, this morning as I was praying by myself here at the church, this verse took on new meaning. You and I know this verse. I, 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 I speak of it often because when I became a believer, this last phrase, Jesus saying, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly, that really just set me on fire because my life was in the pits especially the pits of depression. Every, every avenue that I sought after to give me life disappointed me and made me feel worse and worse. And when I read these words of Jesus that he came to give life and give it abundantly is one of the translations of phrases it, I said, I want that. And I really do. I want my life to be one of joy and happiness and peace, and I want that for your life. And folks, I can't give you that. I can't give it to myself. But you know who can? The Lord Jesus Christ can. And He will. And for years, I never looked at that first phrase. Listen to this. 
The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Now, who is the thief? Who do you think it is? It is the devil himself. And folks, this is another sermon within itself. But a thief, what does he do? He steals. He robs. Often he kills. And he destroys. Evidence of that is the house on Cavell Chubb Lake Road, isn't it? Thieves broke in. Luckily, nobody was killed, but theft occurred and then destruction of the home. And that's just an example. Folks, think about this. And I've never really, I've never really just sit and thought about this. The devil wants to rob us. If you and I have not yet trusted Christ as Savior, he is trying to rob us of our salvation. And he wants to do everything in his power to keep us from turning to the Lord Jesus Christ. If we have been born into the kingdom of God, he is still a thief, correct? And he is still trying to rob us. As Christians, what is he trying to rob us of? Of peace? Of joy in the Lord? Of purpose and living? And folks, let me carry that a little bit farther. And I, I promise again, folks, this morning as I was sitting in the study, it dawned on me that Satan wants to rob you and I of our knowledge and knowing Christ and his plan for our lives. And there's a lot of ways that he's going to try and steal the knowledge of Christ from us. And one of the ways that he is going to try and steal that knowledge is keeping us out of the Word of God. Now, folks, I am just up here trying to be a humble servant of the Lord and lay out the truth, okay? I truly believe that one of the things that Satan wants to do in our lives as Christians is to rob us of the knowledge of God given through this book. I have a struggle myself and keeping a day-to-day habit and pattern of reading faithfully the Word of God. But folks, I want to tell you, Satan does not want us in this book as Christians. Satan does not want us in Sunday school as Christians. Satan does not want us in Bible study, reading devotional materials. Satan does not want us growing in our faith. Now listen to this. He can't rob us of our salvation as Christians because our names have been written in the Lamb's book of life, correct? But what he wants to rob us of is our knowledge of a daily walk in relationship with Christ. He wants us to doubt the Word of God. He wants us to doubt the reality of growing in our faith and growing closer to the Lord. Folks, I believe sometimes our lives as Christians is miserable because Satan has robbed us of the joy and the peace and the purpose that Christ wanted to put in our life when we were saved. And so it is my desire that you and I commit ourselves as Christians to the plan that God has for us and the plan that he has for this church. It's also my desire to share the Word of God with you in truth and in love and God's power and strength for the honor and glory of the Lord. Folks, it's not Herbert time. I promise you that. And again, I've, I've questioned God. God, I don't think the people are really going to want to hear this sermon. And, and he says, don't you worry about that. You be faithful to me. And something that I'm reminded of every week is that one day I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to give an account of what I shared with you. 
And if I didn't study and prepare, if I wanted to be boring, and I'm sure that for many I am, folks, I'm going to have to stand and give an account for that. And I'm not trying to hide behind the Bible, but I feel if I stay in the Word of God and stay focused on the Lord Jesus Christ, then I will have done what He wanted me to do, and you and I can grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you remember in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, those are the last words that Peter tells the church as he wrote his letters. Grow. Grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in the weeks ahead, would you allow me to share with you according to the Word of God, especially the Gospel of John, who Jesus is? And you might be saying, I already know who Jesus is. Well, thank God. Praise Him that you do know. But listen, would you like to get to know Him a little bit better? Could I ask you to make a commitment with me? With me. I'm not going to ask you to do this and not do it myself. Would you make a commitment with me to read the Gospel of John in the next 21 days or three weeks? John has 21 chapters, and so a chapter a day, again, would be 21 days. I'm from South Carolina, so I've got to make stuff as simple as it can be, okay? And folks, in just a few minutes, we're going to run out of time, but I hope I can explain to you why I want us to do this. But may I pose this question to each of us here? Do we really want to know who Jesus is? And think about this for just a second. Our Heavenly Father, our Savior, does not want us to wait until we get to heaven to get to know Him. Jesus and our Heavenly Father wants us to begin to know Him on the day of our salvation, on the day that we got saved. Jesus wants us to begin to grow in our faith and know Him for the rest of our life. And then when we get to the gates of heaven, we'll say, Lord, I am so happy to be here with you. You've revealed yourself to me in so many ways, but now I can see you face to face. But let me ask you something. Let's don't leave Satan out of the picture. We've already said Satan wants to what? He wants to rob us of our knowledge as Christians of the Lord Jesus Christ. And folks, again, not from a critical heart. But how often do we see people that perhaps in the moment of a revival service, perhaps in a moment in which God is really blessing in a church service and the sermon has been so clear and plain, they trust Jesus Christ as Savior, and then we don't see Him again. I'm not trying to be critical. Folks, I'm trying to say the reality is this, that Jesus wants us to know Him, Satan wants us not to know Him. We have got to make a decision as to who we will follow and who will guide us. So folks, knowing Jesus is not only for the day of salvation, but it is for each day of our life. Knowing Jesus will mean that we will know his plan for us. Perhaps not all the details, but we'll know it in a greater way. We'll know his strength. We'll know his presence for daily living. And folks, here's something that I did not know. According to Warren Wiersbe in the Gospel of John, the word know and knowing is used 141 times. Didn't know that. And folks, according to Warren Wearsby, each time, not every time, but each time the, the word know is used, it doesn't always carry the same meaning. Now, I hope I can explain this in a way that Warren Wearsby does. 
There are four different levels of knowing according to John. Level number one, of course, would be the lowest level. It's simply knowing a fact. Have you tried to share your faith with someone and they said, Oh, I know who Jesus is. But they cannot explain about being born into the kingdom of God. They cannot explain that there was a point in time in their life when they recognized that they were lost in sin and they needed a Savior. They repented of sin. They asked Jesus to come into their heart because they believed that he died on the cross and shed his blood so that they could be born into the kingdom of God. Simply saying, I know Jesus will not give us salvation. Now, I've got to be real, real careful. I'm not here to judge. I just want to point some facts out, okay? First of all, James 2.19, I think, is a very earth-shattering verse in James, along with many others. James 2.19 says, you believe that God is one. In essence, you believe in God. You do well. Now, look at this next phrase. Even the demons believe and shudder. Can you get this picture? That the demons of the abyss or hell know who Jesus is, but they chose to worship Satan instead of God. They never, they never came to Christ. Let me try and point out what I'm trying to say. This is not going to be on the screen, but I want to read some verses to you out of Luke chapter 4. In Luke chapter 4, let me just pick it up, and Jesus went down, just listen as I read these verses. Jesus went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. And in the synagogue there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, Ah, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Did you hear that? It is the demon speaking, and he says, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him and said, Be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in the midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. They were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. The demons in hell know who Jesus is. But they have not worshipped him or followed him. They followed Satan. And guess where they wound up? You know, that's not an isolated incident. Also in in Luke chapter 8, and you remember the story well of the man who had the legions of demons who lived in the area of the Gerritsene. You remember this is the story where Jesus cast the demons out of the man into the swine, and the swine ran over the cliff into the sea. And the people who were raising the swine got so mad with him that they cast him out of the city. But folks, let me read to you what the demon said. What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beseech thee, do not torment me. There might be some confusion. Was the man saying this or the demons? Because this man is so filled with demons, I would say, would it not be the demons saying that Jesus is the Son of God? Folks, here is my point. There is a lot of people who say, I know who Jesus is. But yet, has Jesus been allowed to come into their heart and cleanse them of sin? 
Folks, Judas, you remember in our study in John 13, Judas had been with the Lord for three years. He had observed Jesus' miracles. He had heard his teachings. He had been present with him, but had not committed his heart to Jesus. And he was lost. Listen to these verses, John 13, 10 and 11. Jesus, this will be on the screen. Jesus said to him, he who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but he who is clean all over. And you are clean, but not every one of you, for he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, you are not all clean. Folks, listen. If Judas had been a true follower of Christ, he would have not been tempted to sell Jesus or betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Judas had been with Jesus for three years, but he was lost. Folks, I promise you in these sermons, I'm going to cut them off at 930. I know a lot of, we got a lot of things going on at the church. But folks, I want to ask you, get into the Word of God this week. And I'll tell this again, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to ask next Sunday, there are going to be people here that did not know that we were beginning to do this. Do you want to know who Jesus is? John will tell us. Amen. Folks, there's, there's something I want to tell you, and I'll, I promise to quit, okay? Because we believe something doesn't mean we've committed ourselves to it, does it? And you see, in the New Testament, in the Gospels, to believe in Jesus meant you committed yourself to Him. Peter, James, John, Andrew, they what? They leave their fishing nets and they follow Jesus. Folks, have we left anything to follow Him? As we get to know Him more, He'll be able to work more in our life. Folks, I pray not... My message, but the message from the Word of God will stir our hearts. Would you commit with me to read the Gospel of John and find out that we can know who Jesus is and we can serve Him? I close with this. I cannot make you a Christian. It is my part to be a messenger And it is the work of God in your heart to point out who Jesus is. The Spirit of God will knock on the door of your heart. Not like that. You'll know who it is. And I can tell you, I know this by experience because I'd never read the Bible in a way to understand it. I'd never prayed in a way of being serious. I wanted to use God for whatever I wanted And that's the only reason I prayed. But on the day that the Spirit of God spoke to my heart and said, You are lost. And you're headed in the wrong direction. But I offer you my Son, who gave His life and gave His blood, that you would be made whole. That is the day that my life changed, not because of me, but because of Jesus. And folks... I believe that the Spirit of God testifies with our spirit that we are His. Do you know that you are His? You can know that because of what the Spirit will do in your heart. I appreciate you guys listening so faithfully. I appreciate you guys coming. Folks, this is not a job for me. This is a calling. 
And I don't want to let you guys down. I want to have a word from God. And the word from God today is, we can know Christ. We can know Him as our Savior. We can know Him as the Lord of our life who walks with us daily and wants us to know Him in a better way so that we see, when we see Him in the clouds, if we are here in the rapture, or if we see Him on the day that we depart this life, we'll hear Him say, I told you, I prepared a place for you. Because He truly has. He is the way, He is the life, He is the truth. Can't get to the Father but through Him. Let us pray. Father, I pray that you're speaking to hearts right now. And Lord, none of us can make each other a Christian. But Father, I pray that if there's someone here that needs to invite Jesus to come into their heart, that they would do it right now. If that is your plan and your will for their life. Perhaps, Father, they've turned you away many times, but now it is not the preacher or the message, but it is the Spirit of God speaking to their heart, saying, Today is the day that Jesus wants to come into your heart. I pray, Father, that you would help them to understand that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through the Son of God. Father, have your way and your will. And Lord, as you're tenderly calling to hearts today, I pray that by the strength that you'll give them, they'll respond and invite you into their heart and confess you before men. For we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Our hymn is number 417, Jesus is tenderly calling. If he is calling you today, would you come, would you come to him? Let us stand as we sing.